I feel now. like our our yays were like not dead inside, but they were just like <laughs> we're like yay. <laughs> oh, I, I was like that. I was happy. I just didn't want to yell into the mic. That was my no, thing. No, I was happy too, but there was just something on the edge of it. You know, mm, am I thinking mm-hmm. about this too deeply? Maybe we could get into it though. <laughs> Maybe after I let you do the intro. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back, everyone. This is Jen and Joyce with So What Do You Do? We have our politics. We have a podcast <clears throat> where we talk to our friends about what they do for work. Um, Jen, how's it going? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, it's going well. It's going swimmingly. What are my updates? Um, man, uh, really hot on that fan fiction oh, yeah. boat. Um, I hit some milestones in terms of viewership. I'm on two different platforms, and I'll never say what it is. Oh, I mean, obviously, gosh. if you if you know fanfic, it's fanfic.net and AO3, but you won't figure out what my fan fictions are. But um, I hit um, – I'm almost at 30,000 hits on one of the platforms and I'm at 50,000 hits on the other. Wow. Um, whatever that translates to, I don't know. But I'm doing like <laughs> – I'm doing like really cringy performance metrics <laughs> where I'm manually like calculating like what the – the kudos ratio is to my hits and uh, like and kudos is when someone likes your story and uh, yeah i mean it's it's a little it's not cringy. perfect was, yeah but, but you know performance metrics are never perfect it's just like it's interesting yeah. to watch the trends so fifty thousand hits whatever that is sounds impressive to me yeah I mean, when you think about the real big ones, it's drop in the bucket. But you know what? We all get our start somewhere. But mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so I'm doing that. And then I also just started an acting class. Oh, yay. Yeah. And it's for those it's, of you who don't know, Jen does so much. She's also, um, she also has a full time job. So, <laughs> and I'm taking a French class. Yeah. But the so, thing is, is I don't. <laughs> I don't um, uh, try at any one of these things all that hard, except for maybe fanfic. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't think you can just not try your way into this. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, you know, sexy and reference. Choice. Um, <laughs> what <laughs> is, <laughs> yeah, What what is up with you? What's the uh. new? Oh, what's the new? I guess so because we haven't done this podcast in a while. Um, the big news is is I'm back on the job hunt. Um, there's been Making a lot the of podcast very relevant. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it, it's it's so funny because it makes me think about when we actually started the podcast too. Um, but uh, as many of you know, there's been a lot of layoffs going on in the tech industry, and it's been quite an interesting time. Um, I unfortunately was hit with it last um, at the end of last year, as with a lot of other people around me. But um, yeah, I am actually, you might cringe at this, but I'm oh, actually no. like, like I want to get back to work. <laughs> oh, no, I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah, Not I'm like, cr- you- I'm excited to get back to work. That's great. That's such a great place to be. 
Like the worst mm-hmm. that you want to be in is like, oh gosh, I got to get back to work. That's so right. great. I'm excited for you to want to get back to work. Yay. Thank you. And that was that was an enthusiastic yay, not a yeah. half yay. Yeah. Yay. Uh. <laughs> yeah. You got to decode kind of our behind the scenes meanings. Like, they sound unhappy but they say they're happy so it's about trust you know it's about about establishing trust and (laughs) believing what we say yep 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 uh speaking of trust Uh (laughs) oh gosh i I can't i don't know i I don't know these segues i know i feel like you do of trust speaking Speaking of of trust god (laughs) (laughs) oh you you mentioned god right speaking of faith Oh, hey. oh, I got it. Oh, I got oh, it. Oh, there it is. It's there set up. It is. It's set up. Bring us I'm, home. Bring us home, Joyce. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm super excited to introduce our guest for today. Um, this is someone that I got to meet many, many years ago, um, and he's always really impressed me with his skills in terms of um, public speaking, conversation, and connection with people. And um, I'm really excited to kind of talk more about how that shows up in his day-to-day job. And actually, not too long ago, I was able to go see him live in action and uh, was super impressed by that as well. So we'll get into that a little bit more. But without further ado, here's Corey. Yay. Yay, Corey. Yay. (laughs) It's great to be here. I can be a part of the yay. Yeah. That's a heartfelt yay. Yours sounded genuinely happy. Oh. <laughs> We're all genuinely happy, right? Jen? We are, yeah. But you just have to believe us. Um, so, Corey, how about you um, introduce what you do? Okay. I'm Corey, and I do far less than Jen. Oh, no. Is that fair? Oh, no. Can we just start with that? That's not a job. <laughs> um, Please. Go wow. on. Um, yeah. No, I, I – um, uh, it, that's crazy uh, how how much you do, Jen. That's awesome, mm. though. Um, I so I'm Corey, and I and I'm I'm the pastor of discipleship at a church here in the Bay Area. Um, and basically, what discipleship means is it's the process of following um, Jesus and becoming more like Jesus. And so I help people grow spiritually, connect relationally, uh, and just kind of grow in their faith uh, at our church. And. Would there be um, like would there be a, a sect? I'm probably not, or a division of Christianity that your church is best associated with. I don't know if I'm saying any of those terms right, but does that question make somewhat sense? For sure, yeah. So it's a non-denominational church. Um, it's a Christian church, but it's not connected with a denomination. Okay. Um, it is, yeah, really a mixture of people from all, like a lot of different kind of like Christian denominational backgrounds. So uh, basically what that means is you have people that come who are very traditional, very liturgical even, like kind of ritualistic with their their ways of worshiping. Hmm. And then you have people who are very much the exact opposite of that, just free spirited, just definitely want to just connect with God with, you know, and not really hold back. And so a lot of different experiences, a lot of different backgrounds, but we are not connected with a denomination. And it's a, it's kind of a beautiful thing, um, seeing everything kind of come together like that. 
Very cool. And for those, um, so like I said, I've seen you in action, but for some people out there who may not know, how would you describe like what you do? Mm. Yeah. So um, like functionally speaking, um, I oversee several um several uh, ministries in our church, right? Several, several ways of serving people in our church. Mm. Um, I oversee family ministries. Um, that's like ways of ministering to families, just like helping marriages, parenting, anything family related, even singles ministry, just people who are connecting in, in, in singleness and how to help them connect with people. Um, I oversee ministry to men. And so all of our men's specific ministries that we've got going on, I oversee ministries to women, actually, um, and uh, I oversee them connecting relationally and stuff like that. Um, let's see what else. Family ministries. I, can, I oversee recovery ministries, people who are in recovery. Mm. Um, and I also oversee small groups ministry. That's probably my main one that I do throughout the, the week, um, just helping people get connected into smaller groups of, of, of people. And then, um, yeah, just connect in deep ways and then grow in their, in their faith in a smaller group. And is ministry like coaching? We were going to ask the same question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So really, so the word ministry just means like service is what the word means. And so um, like when we have a ministry to men, it's basically asking the question, how can we serve men in our community? Like what do men need? What are their needs? And how do we help meet those needs as a church? Like, you know, when a bunch of people come together, they can do a lot more than just, you know, a handful of us, you know? And so what are some of the main needs that men have? For example, um, ministry to families is asking, what do families need to grow? What do people in recovery need? What do, you know, different things like that. Um, So that's what ministry is. It's just, it's just another way for serving, serving a specific group or demographic of people. Now in each of these ministries, do you have any employees or is this just like different focuses that you are in charge of by yourself? Definitely not in charge of that by myself. There's volunteer leaders in every one of those ministries. There's people who, um, yeah, like oversee, like I, I, I do like the big picture, like big visionary stuff. And then volunteers just kind of like, just run with stuff and they create things for themselves. So like, if we have like a ministry to men, we're asking, okay, what do men need and how can we help like men like live authentically, um, and also like grow in their faith. Like, how do we do that? Um, and then the leaders of that men's ministry will be asking those exact same questions and they'll be coming up with things like events, retreats, small groups, Mm. studies, dinners, breakfasts, seminars, all kinds of stuff just to help meet the needs of men, uh, within our church and actually outside of our church as well. Uh, but there, there are volunteers under every one of those just searching for like ways to help people in those, those demographics. Oh wow! So, so they're they're volunteered. They're not like employed by the church. I think for every one of them, um, our our women's ministry director, she is actually working for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, she is also our ad executive admin assistant, um, and she also oversees the women's ministry. And so, um, I'm over that technically, but she really runs the day to day and and the teams and things like that for the women's ministry. But I think everyone else. I think everyone else is not on staff. I think everyone, all the other people there are just, yeah, volunteers. Mm-hmm. Got it. It's such a unique, like, organizational structure. And mm-hmm. forgive me if my mind always just goes to what I know, but would you say that your 
congregation, are they in your mind, if we were to like layer the like map this to a traditional business, would they be customers or are they um or are they like part of the organization? You know what I mean? You know what's funny? It, it's actually like both. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like, how do we serve each person? Like, how do we serve them as a customer, as someone we just want to take care of and, you know, bless and how do we meet their needs? But then the exciting part is like saying, okay, how are people gifted to start serving others? Like, and so it's like, uh-huh. um, you know, one of the things that we say kind of regularly is that, you know, what, what God does, um, what God does to you, he also wants to do through you. And so, like as people are experiencing freedom from like recovery or, you know, specific things like the next step is, okay, now who can you turn around and help in that same area? Are you called to this or are you called to something else? Like who else can you be serving? You know? And so it's like, we want everybody to be able to use their gifts and serve in some way, you know, but, uh, but we do have ministries to serve everybody at the same time. Like that's what we're trying to develop. So, and it's constantly growing. It's constantly like just trying to meet needs of you name it. Like, I was talking with somebody today about me, the needs of kids without, without parents, you know, or like without dads mm-hmm. specifically. And so how do we help kids that don't have dads? Like, okay, let's talk about that, you know? And so whole nother ministry right there. So just, I don't know, like it's always growing, it's always expanding, but it's pretty cool to kind of be able to come alongside and help meet what people need. Yeah. So then if you're overseeing like, and you said kind of like big picture strategy and yes, mm-hmm. Jen and I are going to, Use corporate speaking. Yeah, sure. Artify everything. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm like I'm envisioning you as like leading like the strategy for all of these, um, like almost like subset of the organization. If you're doing mm-hmm. all of that and then also like giving sermons and things like that, what does your normal work week look like? Mm. Uh, a normal work week. Um, I mean, it's different all the time. It depends on what's happening, but like, usually I start my week with like, okay, what needs to be done by like the next weekend? So, mm. um, so today, uh, Monday, I am looking at, okay, what do we have to get ready for this coming Sunday? Like what mm. announcements need to be created? Who needs to be contacted? Like what volunteer stuff needs to happen? And just kind of thinking through what are the more immediate needs Um, and then I typically throughout the week, will kind of shift towards long-term vision stuff. So it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, what's the most immediate stuff for this week? And then as I get that knocked out, um, uh, I start moving towards, okay, what, what, like, what are we trying to do in the next three to six months? And like, what, how are we doing with what we decided we want to do? And are we on track with kind of doing that? And who, who do I need to contact about that? Um, and then it's just a lot of meeting with people. It's a lot of meeting with leaders. It's a lot of meeting with people just to like, gosh, there's so much like, like sometimes it's just, Hey, like, how how are you doing in your small group? And like, what are some challenges you guys are facing Mm -hmm. to how are you personally doing? And you know, what's, what's been, what's been going on with things for you personally, you know? And so I meet with a lot of people throughout the week. Um, I do a lot of listening, (laughs) a lot of stories, you know, a lot of just hearing what's, what's happening. and, And then just like, try to find ways to come alongside and help people with what they need. Got it. And then you're on you, that. Oh yeah. Go for it, Jen. I was going to say like on that, cause you mentioned the listening, like what do you feel like someone that were to go into the line of work that you do? Like what kind of skills do you feel like they have to have? Cause I'm, I'm, I'm hearing listening, but I'm, you know, there's just so much that you're juggling. So what would you say 
are like the the key like components to someone that would really excel in a mm-hmm. a position like what you have? Yeah, um, I think I mean the the first one um, is obvious, but I I need it every day. It, it's it's faith. Obviously, you got to faith in, mm-hmm. in God, right? Um, and and so um, that's like baseline. If, if we're if we as a church are trying to help people grow in their faith and grow. And what that means is like grow in their trust and like, and as they do that, they like become more like Jesus. And so that's actually how we measure are people actually growing. It's not just like, oh, they say they have faith. It's like, hey, like if if you've been following Jesus all these years, why are you nothing like him? You know? And so like at some point we got to start like helping people take steps of faith to move forward. Um, but that being said, um, faith is a huge one. And that's something that like... Yeah. You know, if we're going to teach about Jesus, we probably should believe in Jesus. Um, But honestly, though, like every day, it's like there's things that are so much bigger than myself. And so it's like, like, how much am I relying just on myself to kind of do this? How much do I just have this or how much am I actually relying on God to show up? And if he doesn't show up, what's going to happen? You know, Um, and so faith is obviously, obviously a huge one. Um, Like. Gosh, so many different kinds of people get into what I do. Um, I think, yeah, I think listening, I think actually genuinely caring. I think that like, Mm. if it's, if it's kind of if like going back to faith in Jesus, if it's primarily about you and kind of building up your, like people liking you or kind of just building up your own image, you're like, it's not so much about God anymore. It's actually about you. And so I, I wrestle with that regularly, but I I think it's just like, like how to not make this about me and how to like make this more about people connecting with God, because I'm going to be gone in the next however many years, but God's not. And so how do we help people connect with him and not me necessarily? And so, um, I don't know. That's just a part of it. Um, listening. It, yeah. Yeah. Jump in. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say like, it's just such an interesting diversion from, I think your typical nine to five, just the, 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 the things that you need to have to excel in this job. Like Mm. it's, and uh, there's also like a self-awareness that's needed just based off of like how you're talking about it. Mm. Because I, I mean, with all jobs, there are like, when you're in a leadership position, the way like I'm viewing your role, there are sometimes people that go into it for the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that that is, true across all industries Mm -hmm. and so it's just the self-awareness that you have of just like hearing you talk about it of like you know it's the faith and the genuinely caring like that Mm. I I don't know I like I'm more reflecting on it rather than like (laughs) asking a question but yeah I, I mean you're in a leadership position so I just like sometimes I can see people kind of like going down the wrong path and serving themselves more so mm-hmm. when they're mm-hmm. in that position. And so, I don't know. I'm yeah. just babbling. Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's nice of you to say that, uh, Jen. Um, yeah. I think that's a wrestle. That's something that, um, something I regularly ask myself. In fact, on my desk, it says like, uh, am I trying to be the hero or am I a hero maker? Like trying to make the hero mm. of someone else, you know? Mm-hmm, and it's like, mm-hmm. Uh, and that comes from a book. It's called Hero Maker. It's a f- phenomenal book, you know, but it talks all about how to like raise up leaders. And it's like, it's actually like all good if no one knows your name, but like, but people are growing in faith and more and more people are able to like kind of do that. Um, 
that just makes generational impacts for people, you know, which is pretty, pretty powerful to see. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a common wrestle. It's something I wrestle with, you know, like, is this about me? Like, and the second thing is like, how much, how much of this am I just taking on myself? Like if, if you're going to be leading people, like you have to like not do everything yourself. Right. Um, you have to empower other people, uh, which means permission giving. It means like letting people say, Hey, listen, like you, you got this, you know, it means affirming them. Like, I so believe in you got, you can totally do this, you know, and encouraging people. And it's scary when you're not in control of everything, but it, it's also a beautiful thing when people step out in faith and they start serving other people. It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. So one thing that comes to mind as you're talking about this is, um, like one of the things that I've noticed in just my corporate experience is when there are mission driven organizations, it's really easy to kind of lose yourself in the work and, Mm. um, kind of, kind of lose that sense of work-life balance. Right. Especially because (laughs) you care so much about it. Right. And so I'm like, especially given how self-aware you are and how passionate and faith-driven you are, um, what does work-life balance look like to you? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I'm glad my wife's not listening. She'd be like, yeah, Corey, what's that like for you? <laughs> no, um, just kidding. No. Um, actually, it, it, it's challenging me because faith doesn't just go away. It's, right, it's not exactly. like... Like that's, and that, by the way, with that comes a lot of like, like you can deeply hurt people and you, like in, in a way that's like, it it's, it's so much different. Like than if you're at your job and, and someone says something that's not right and your feelings get hurt, like as a leader of a church, sometimes like, like people, um, might like view what people in the church do they view that as that's what God does. And right, that's exactly. dangerous because it's like, yeah. no, man, I'm so messed up. But like, um, so I think work, work-life balance, I think, uh, at first was very, very difficult. Um, because I do what I would want to do in my spare time. Um, the fact that I get a paycheck is crazy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm thankful. Um, don't tell anybody, you know, but like, I, I would do this in my spare, I do do this in my spare time. And so it's like, um, I, I think, you know, thinking about ways of connecting people in deep and meaningful relationships, thinking about ways of helping people actually grow in their faith. Like that's so like, I, I love it. I enjoy it, but I have to be able to be like super present with my kids, my, my wife, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've, I've just learned like, like there's so many pastors, kids that have had like damaged relationships with their, 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 their parent oh. that was a pastor. Um, because it seems like you're constantly taking care of the needs of others, but like, where's, where's dad? Like, like he's never here with us. He's always with them, you know? And so, um, I just don't want my kids to, to, to experience that. And so I try to just on a very like deep, meaningful way, connect with them. I try to be emotionally present with each of them, um, and just kind of sit with each of them. Um, and, you know, tell them I'm proud of them, love them. I tell them that every day, but like, try to just emotionally kind of meet them where they are. Um, and just kind of be present. Like they're not a burden, you know, and I, I don't want them to feel like that. And yeah. yeah, so that's just something I have to like, it takes intentionality because I would want to be thinking about stuff like this all the time. And I just, I right. just can't. So. Right. Right. So uh, on the topic of getting paid to do this, um, that's always kind of the thing that I've thought to be really interesting when I hear people do this as a career is I don't quite understand so this is a two-part question. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. one, um, 
how is it that you got into the position that you are in? Like, how did you come to find a paid position where you're able to work in the church? And then, you know, wherever you're comfortable, like, you know, what kind of like lifestyle or like what kind of <laughs> what, what kind of salaries are we talking about? Just in case, like, because I think that is like the taboo thing that people are always curious about. It's like, okay, I'm super interested in this, but like, what does it pay? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you can just talk a little bit about like, how does someone actually find themselves in a position to uh, lead a church the way you are? And then like, talk a little bit about what the dollar bills look like <laughs> to awesome. put it very, yeah, well, very casually. I should, have, I should have said it earlier when you're asking me some things, but um, another qualification is you have to be willing to have your own private jet. That's one of the things um, you got to mm-hmm. be like able to do that. You know, if you're going to have so that, tough, right? so <laughs> just it's rough. But someone has to do that. Um, but humble too. At but the humble. Same time. At so the same humble. Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I'm really <laughs> humble. Um, yep. So how how did I get in this? First of all, I um, it actually started at the church I'm at now, which is kind of crazy. And so the church that I'm at now um, is actually where I came to faith in college. I always thought Christians were just like hypocritical, um, like. I don't know. I have a homosexual background. I thought they were just anti-gay, all that stuff. I just thought that. And so didn't realize that, but that was actually just my way of kind of protecting myself. And because mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. in reality, I don't think I really fit in with Christian people uh, when I was younger, mm-hmm. growing up in the Bible Belt, actually, in Nebraska. And so um, so I move out here to California um, to go to college, quote unquote. Actually, what that meant was I wanted to come here and skateboard because that's, in California, you can do that all year Rad. round. Um, yeah. And I, so I live with my aunt and uncle. They go to the church that I work at now. They brought me there. I was there at the in oh. college age, um, met my wife there. And gosh, for the first time, I saw people actually living their faith out. Like, not the, I shouldn't mm. say the first time. Like, my, my parents definitely were good examples and stuff, but like, like, I just saw like a functioning marriage. I saw like things that I didn't see growing up that mm. I felt like, wow, people are actually like following Jesus, not just on a Sunday thing, but like all the time. And like, yeah. they were the same on Sunday as they were on Tuesday. And like, it was like, Oh, oh. what's with these hip- hypocrites? You know, I, I, I just, th- I, I thought differently. And so um, I end up uh, coming to faith uh, at the church that I'm at now in college. And when I was college age, I wasn't actually going to college, um, met my wife, um, got, and then I joined the Coast Guard, actually. And so that's Joyce when I met you. I was in yeah. the Coast Guard uh, shortly after coming to faith. Um, you were my wife's roommate in college. Mm-hmm, and so I mm-hmm. uh, got, got to know you then. Um, but that's like, I don't know, I, I was in I was in the Coast Guard for eight years full time and then five years in the reserves after that. And so um, somewhere in there uh, within that eight year period of, of being in the Coast Guard, um, I, I just, I just kept feeling like I should pursue ministry full time. Like, um, it's funny. Cause I, I, when I, when I first came to the church, like, I don't even know if I was even like believer in Jesus at this point, but like, I, I, for whatever reason, no, I must've been actually. Um, but for whatever reason, I always thought like when I would see someone giving a sermon, I thought that that would be me someday. And I didn't, I don't know hmm. why I would just think that. like, that's random to think that, but like, um, I would see the way that people would like deal with issues. And I would be like, wow, like 
I am glad to see how they're handling that because I know I'm going to handle that same issue someday. Cause there's a lot of criticism when you work at a church, like you get a lot of feedback and it's not all positive. Right. And mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. um, so how do people handle that? I just knew for whatever reason I would do that someday. And so like I'm in the coast guard and, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of felt like, um, God was kind of doing that in my life. Um, I end up getting off the ship that I was on in Alameda after three years being in the coast guard. And I thought I was actually going to pursue ministry then, but there was this job that opened up in Petaluma. Um, it was a, it was a teacher instructor job and, and it was like, wow, let me, let me put in for that job transfer in the coast guard. And if I get it great, I'll stay in. If I don't get it, I'll get out. And so I thought if I'm going to be a pastor someday, I should probably learn how to teach. And so this might be a good opportunity, you know, to kind of mm-hmm. do that. And so, uh, sure enough, I got that job and I kind of forgot about the whole, like pursue pastor stuff. Cause I got caught up in that job. I love the job in the coast guard. I was an instructor training people to do all kinds of things. It was amazing. Um, and then my contract was about to get up and I actually got some promotions in the coast guard. And, um, as my contract was about to get up, I'm sitting there like praying, like, should this is a whole nother story for another day, but like, should mm-hmm. I get out of the coast guard and be a missionary in Japan? Should I stay in the coast guard or what should I do? And I, I just filled out a little card at our church, a little prayer request card saying, Hey, I'm praying about getting out of the coast guard or pursuing and pursuing, you know, being a missionary in Japan of all places or staying in the coast guard with the promotions and stuff like that. And, um, our lead pastor um, at the time contacted me and said, Hey, I didn't realize you were even praying about getting out of the coast guard while you're praying. Would you consider, um, would you consider praying about being a pastor full time as well? And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, really? Like, that's a compliment. Thank you. But like, I was like, did not feel prepared. Like I forgot about that dream. I forgot about that Mm -hmm. sense of like feeling that this is what I should be doing with my life. I totally forgot. That kind of was on the back burner of my life actually. And, but to, to be like, to honor him, I said, yeah, well, I'll definitely pray for that. Um, a couple of weeks later, as we're sitting down, my kids went to sleep and my, my, we're sitting down, I'm sitting down with my wife and she starts to cry. And I was like, oh no, like what's like, like, I, like, I think Jen, like, yeah, yeah, the Joyce, you guys, you, you know this story, but it's like, 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 what did I do or not do that I should have done? I was like, why is she randomly yeah. crying right now? Um, and then my wife looks to me and she goes, Corey, like, I really think, I really think God wants you to be a pastor. I think that's what he wants for you. Um, she, she's crying because she's like, I don't want to be a pastor's wife. Um, yeah. with whatever view that she had of what it was like to be a pastor's wife. She's like, I don't want to be that, but I really think this is what God wants for you. And she goes, I've known this from the day, like, like from early on from like, I've known this for a really long time but I've just been scared to tell you because I don't want to be a pastor's wife, you know, but I really mm. think this is what you should do. And she's crying. Um, and so as she's praying that I was like, okay, well, look, Oh, as she says this, I'm really thankful. And I start praying uh, actually in my head, <laughs> like not out loud, but in my head, I'm like, all right, God, thank you that she's even saying this, like for that, her, for her affirmation and her support. That's amazing. But like, just make this clear that this is something that you want and not just something that we're making up right now. Like, like just maybe confirm this through somebody else. Um, so wait, I know it's not her idea or mine. I want to know it's just kind of what you want for us, you know? And so uh, anyway, 12 hours later, we're at a church service and I'm sitting down with this lady and we were talking about a book that we read that we're, we were reading together. 
and and she stops like randomly like mid sentence and she's like Corey, I think you should be a pastor. I really think that's what God wants for you. <laughs> and I was like, lady, like shut. I I, I think I actually <laughs> shut up. Did I, you tell her to shut up? I did. I, 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 <laughs> shut I up. Literally the words that I said out loud. I hope I didn't say it out loud, but I think it was. Um, I remember. Yeah, and and, and so I just remember being like, no way. Like I I literally like asked God to show me, like, if this is what you want from me, like have someone else confirm this. And I honestly, I wrestled with it for a few weeks after, like, maybe that was a coincidence. Maybe that was just something that kind of just happened, you know, but like, I'm like, honestly though, if God is real and, and I'm willing to like give up whatever my salary, my income, my comfort, all that's my support, everything to follow him. And if that's, if he's real, like, what are the odds that that was just a mistake that he would answer exactly what I'm asking? You know, and furthermore, even if it was, even if I get to heaven and God's like, actually, yo, that was just random. I didn't like think, you know, (laughs) say that like, 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 I don't want to live the rest of my life asking like, man, I wonder what would happen if I would have done that. Like, like Mm -hmm. if if I just would have stayed in the coast guard, continued on, I'd be, I'd be in what, 15, six, how many years, 15 years now, as of like this month, um, you know, it would have been great, but, but like, I don't, I didn't want to ask like, what if, like, what would have happened if, you know? And so mm-hmm. I just, yeah, I mean, you, you know, the extended story, there was this, there's a lot more details to this, but it's like, wow, uh, I ended up doing it. I ended up jumping and I, I did it. And I'm really thankful I did. I didn't know how I was going to provide for like my family. I didn't know how that was going to work, but like, it just, it just, God made a way and it was just, it was incredible. Um, Yeah. So anyway, that's how I got into it. It's hard for the long-winded story on that, but like No, no. I mean, it's it's you would you, one could imagine that something that you have to put your all into, just the things that we're talking about with the skills that you need like hmm. kind of deserves a you know, a, a story about how you got into it. It's not just a like, I don't know, I decided to do this in college. <laughs> and then I did it, and then like, yeah. I don't know. Now I work at like now I work at Twitter. <laughs> and Elon Musk. And hey, I don't know. Which would be awesome. Which would be awesome. Yeah. Yes. Elon. Um but um but yeah, so it makes sense. Uh so I mean kind of to tag on the dollar bills question that oh, yeah. I'm still curious about, but also like who's hiring you? Like who is the mm. person that's in charge of that? Yeah, who the heck? Like, who thought who of that? Heck? Like, who's letting him in? Like, who? <laughs> well, well, it's um, just like you know, like if you're at a company, it's like yeah. whoever your boss is right, going to be. But right. then it's like there's yeah. like an interesting organization, yeah. but also that money. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll just answer every question, but the money, and just kind of keep rolling. Yeah. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> um, I'll answer the money question. Uh, actually, in order, I'll, I'll go with who 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 hired me, and then how we came up with however much I make. And so, um, so I was in Santa Rosa at a church, um, got out of the coast guard and I was working there. It was great. I was doing that for a few years. And, um, and then I got a phone call out of the blue from the guy who actually married my wife and I from the church here in, in, in the Bay area. And he said, Hey, Corey, um, there's this new opening. It's a pastor of discipleship. We've never had a pastor of discipleship, but we're creating this, huh. this role. Um, um, would you be open to having a conversation about this and at least praying about it? He says, I like, he carries a book of like people like, and he said, I have like, I have, he said, he told me, he says, he, I have four names written down in a book 
of people who I eventually wouldn't mind working with. Like, like if, if an opening ever came up, these are like my go-to people I'm going to call basically. And I was one of the four people on his list for some reason. And, and so he's like, I'm going to interview some other people, but like, would you be open to a conversation? Now he, like, he knew I was working as a pastor in Santa Rosa, but he didn't know, like, is this a good timing? Is this what God's doing? Um, he didn't know if like, like he's not trying to hurt the church there to come bring me here, you know, but he's like, would you be open? And so, um, I said, yeah, for sure. And so I hung up the phone, told my wife, Hey, you know, so-and-so like called and said, Hey, would I be open to praying or having a conversation about coming down? And my wife's like, shut, like, no way. She goes, I've been having, I, I, I've been, I don't think she said shut up. So I caught myself, but like, <laughs> she, um, she, I, I, I think she's like, I've been having dreams about you doing what we're doing in Santa Rosa, but at, at the church that I work at now. Um, she goes, I've been having dreams about this for like the last Dang. six months or so. And she like wrote them down. It was so profound. She wrote them down Dang. from like six months earlier. And she's like, I've been having these dreams. And so I was like, interesting, you know? And so, um, a lot, like it, it became really obvious that this is what I should be doing through a lot of other things that I won't go into, but like, it just became obvious. And so the guy who, who, who like the church hires me, but I, I do have a, like, we have a lead pastor, which is like the, he's like the, the leader like the key leader of our church. He'd be like the CEO of a company. Um, and he's the one who called me. He's the one who's, who is my boss. Um, and he, he like offered me the job uh, to come out here. So yeah, that's, that's who, that's who hired me. Um, now when it came down to like money, so that was the thing. And also so, you don't need to like say exactly. I, I'm just generally like, you know, I don't, I want to put you on, you know, you're good. You know. You're good. You're good. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it's interesting when I was in Santa Rosa, I had to like, it was a small church. I had to raise my own support as a missionary. That's what a missionary does. They, they ask their friends and family and people to support their salary. And that's how they are able to go and serve at whatever church, whatever they're doing. And so I, I did that. I did that for two years in Santa Rosa. Um, and that was a whole experience of like, you know, sometimes you like people just don't give donations. So sometimes I just don't have much of a paycheck, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. okay. Um, but, uh, so I go from that experience to, to moving here to the Bay area and it's a larger church. So they're able to actually give me a salary without me having to raise my own support. And so, um, they like, um, when, when it came to like my salary, they offered me something, um, a lot lower than what I make right now. Um, because that's just like, they gave me like an average, like pastor salary. Like they, like, they looked mm -hmm. around like, this is what pastors just make. So here, would you take this? And like, I wouldn't have enough to actually live here though. And so I was like, I, I, I want to come, but I can't, I don't, I, that wouldn't actually like, I just, I just don't want to spend all my money on housing. Like if we could just figure mm -hmm. that out, I'm good. Like, you know, if I can feed my kids and not spend all my money on housing. And so what they did is they looked at what the average pastor makes like nationwide. And then they had to like do like a 41%, if I'm correct, something like that a 41% increase just for the cost of living in the Bay area. So right. I make more than most pastors make, but I live in the Bay area. And so I make a very like average Bay area salary. Um, I get 85,000 is what I make a year, um, which is a lot for pastors, but it's just not a lot for the Bay area. And so that's just mm -hmm. kind of how it works. Anyone in the Bay area knows. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah. like Bay area is probably one of the toughest for yeah. housing. Yeah. Yeah. And then they give you a private that. jet. It's the private yeah, jet. The, yeah. The private jet makes up for it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That like hit your pockets <laughs> so hard. But you got to have it. <laughs> um, I want to tag onto that question too, because just taking a step back, like how do churches make money? Mm. Mm. 
churches make money several ways. Um, so the main way that churches make money is just donations. People donate, um, uh-huh. you know, to the church, uh, which is, a, which is a common thing. Um, but I don't like our, our church. Would, has, would like, you say that that's like majority of the church's income? Yeah. Okay. Got yeah, it. for sure. For sure. That's, that's like in general, when a church is operating, like people just donate towards that. That's what they yeah. do. Like they, okay. out of the generosity they give, you know, um, we don't like require anybody like, you don't, it's not a club. Like you don't have to like give dues to be a part dues, of it at all. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. but as people just want to live generously, like they, they do that, they give back to the church. Um, and that's just something that, that people do. Uh, that's the main um, way I think that mostly all churches make income. Yeah. But got it. Got it. Get, I mean, given where we are, it's like, like we have a very unique experience. Like the church that I'm a part of now is like, it's turning 70 years old this October. Mm. Um, and so they've had like a lot of history and a lot of different things. It's a, it's a massive like church building and properties and they have a lot of things. Um, you were there, Joyce. I think you can fit around 1500 people in our, in our auditorium. Yeah, like, it was all huge. Um, yeah. So we, so what we also own, like uh, a school, for example, a school rents out property from us uh, to run oh, their elementary no. school on our campus. It's that big. And so we get that. We have like a cell phone tower on like a way up top on like one of our steeples or something. It's like, and they give us income for that. I mean, there's a lot of ways just using our own building to create income, but like primarily it's donations. Got it. So then like what you were saying earlier about like being an individual missionary, because you're reliant on these donations, it's, you know, it's up and down. It's unreliable. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And because the majority of the church's income is also based on donations, do mm-hmm. like do you as kind of like a leader of the church need to be mindful of that that up and down of the the like the donations that are coming in, or do, like do you not have to worry about that? Yeah. Um, so I mean, me per- thankfully, me personally, like I I yeah. don't think about that at all. Um, okay. Good. And I, yeah. Because uh-huh, because uh-huh. my job doesn't like like. I'm not, I don't, I, I actually have no idea what people give. I, I don't like have mm-hmm, access to mm-hmm. any of that stuff. I don't, I don't like look at, or, you know, the, the, the donations and stuff. Um, but definitely there are staff that do care about that and who are monitoring that. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, we, we base our budget basically on like the previous year's budget, like how much do people donate? Oh. And so like, based on how much that was, we create our budgets. Right. Yep. And so, um, our, ch- our church, I, w- what I'm thankful for with the church I'm a part of now is like, it's, it's incredibly transparent about that because people are donating. And so like, it's, they, they deserve to know where's the money going. And so mm-hmm. they do like annual reports. So they show like every dollar that was spent, like, this is where everything went. This is what oh, it nice. all looks like. Um, but it's like yeah. taxes almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there was more transparency there was, yeah, taxes, in an ideal world. <laughs> Yeah. So maybe not at all like that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it's, it's cool. And I feel like that, that actually builds a lot of trust for people. Not every church does totally. that. Like, yeah. um, yeah, but, but I think that our, our, the, the, our executive pastor who, who was like also in charge of human resources and operations, he was a lawyer previously, uh, before he became a pastor. Oh, and so wow. he's like super on top of like, just really getting like, just making sure everyone knows like, Hey, transparency, like this is what we got going on. He, he's really organized. It's really gifted at what he does. So yeah, really helpful. Wow. So I have a question. Um, in the way where it's like, say if I were to leave 
my job. I, you know, have my set of skills to where I could go to another company, let's say. How does that work with your job in terms of, because I, you mentioned going from the Santa Rosa church to the one mm-hmm. that you're at now, but I'm imagining there's like limitations of which churches you would go to mm-hmm. or, you know, how do, mm-hmm. how would that next gig look? Not to say that you're looking, but just like, mm-hmm. I'm curious about how that works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every church has probably their own like requirements of like what they're looking for in any candidate. Like um, there's a lot of commonality. Like there's a lot of common things. Like you have to care deeply about people. You got to care about God. You got to care about like, yeah, all that stuff. Um, but sometimes churches have their own distinct like denominational preferences that say, Hey, you have to be a part of our denomination to come and be a part of our church. Um, and so I may not be qualified to come and be a part of their church as a pastoral staff. Um, but I think as far as like transferring over, I think a lot of, it just depends like what role that a church is looking for. Um, and if it's like discipleship or if it's small groups, like, like there are pastors actually over just about everything that I lead. Like there's small groups, pastors, family pastors, men's pastors, women's pastors. There's like, there's, they, they will hire individuals over each of those individual ministries, um, Mm -hmm. as a pastor, but um, it just depends kind of what they're looking for probably. Mm. And you, you're, you're kind of connected to the network, I'm guessing. Like you kind of know what other churches are looking for and like just by the community. Is that it? I feel like, um, yeah, like, so, um, and, and I, I, I told you I'd be honest, right? So I'm going to be, and if it's uncomfortable, then just say it. But, Ooh. um, I, yeah. The, uh, the, the easy part to say is that in our area, a lot of churches are very connected. Like, yep. thankfully, like we try to play well together, right? It's not always that case, right? Like, oh. um, sometimes like it can be kind of competition, which is, it's yeah. never like, no one would say that. Like, no one would say I'm competing against the other church, but it's like, but that's what people in general, just, that's the way our minds right. work. It's like, Hey, how are we doing, uh, versus others? And, and, and so our area definitely connects really well. We try to do a lot of things together. I was at a concert mm-hmm. at Three Crosses Church last night, you know, mm-hmm. another church, you know, and just trying to trying to support what other churches are doing and just working together. Like I know the pastors that do my job at other churches and we try to support each other, pray for one another. Hey, what are you learning? What's helpful for you? Like, how can we like grow? Like it's all, we're all part of the same team here, you know, and, and that's been awesome, but it's not always the case everywhere. Um, yeah. Yeah. And additionally, I think an unspoken rule, this is not like, this is not like set in stone at all, but an unspoken rule is like people typically don't leave their pastoral job to go right down to the street to another, to another church. Mm. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. like, first of all, it can be emotionally damaging for a lot of people. Um, And a lot of people can sometimes take sides and say, okay, you're going to this church. We're, we're taking 300 people with us and there's like uh-huh, uh-huh, a mass uh-huh. exodus of people going to another church and stuff. So it's like, uh-huh. no one says you can't do that, but like, that's an unspoken, like just in general, people don't do that usually. Yeah. Yeah. Actually like to, to kind of go off of that. One of the things that I was thinking about is, um, you know how you were talking about the expectations that the, the congregation has of you <clears throat> and how you can like let people down or, and, and, um, all those things just because it's, it's, it's such a critical kind of like leadership role. Um, how do you, especially in a non-denominational church, um, mm-hmm. how do you balance like 
helping everyone and meeting everyone's needs, but also like not like, I don't know what the alternative is, but like, you know, like not having a, a specific standard or something. Like it, it just seems like a challenge. Well, like if you to, acquiesce to everyone's right. wants, then it's, you know, there's not necessarily like the leadership quality. Exactly. Of, exactly. Yeah. And, and I think too, like if I can just add on to it, um, because this is something that's, you know, in in talking to someone that holds a role like yours, it's, you know, there's what you do is so impactful to people's lives. Right, and, right. you know, I, I you, you know that I kind of like edge on the side of like, you know, what's the moral responsibility sometimes? Because there are mm-hmm. certain things that like can be a little – uh, not, not feeling very Christian sometimes, I guess is how you could put it. But I, I do think that sometimes those beliefs stem from interpretations and, um, and to what Joyce is saying, it's like, I'm sure that there's people that you come across that like might have those interpretations and, you know, what's the moral, like, yeah. How do you balance that? Because there is that like real tough moral, I don't, I don't know yeah. what I'm trying to say, but like yeah. it's it's really tough. Yeah, you know? and is it is it like a is it like a choice that you get to make? Do you have to like align oh, with question. like yeah, like the leadership of the church and like talk about like hey, how like where do we as a church stand on this? Like mm. yeah. I, I'm curious because that must happen all the time. Yeah. Um, um let's see. So it like I mean, people have like preferences uh, about things r- regularly, right? Like, um, you know, um, I'll give you a really easy example. Like Joyce, when you came the other day and I was speaking, mm-hmm. um, someone came up to me after I spoke and said, Hey, you know, just so you know, like I, I'm, I, um, everything you said was great. And it was amazing. Thanks for saying that. But, uh, could you like, could you not put your hands in your pockets? Uh. Um, you know, and, and this, this is not where yeah, I thought this was going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All good, all good. And actually, they were actually matter of fact. They, they, it, it's, it's, it's not a big deal because they're trying to be helpful, and I, and I got that right. from them. Mm-hmm. They were trying to be like, hey, from experience, just you know, don't do this. It's, it might have been distracting for them. You know, great. Um, so those are those are the easy things where it's like, hey, thanks for saying something. You know, thanks for like, you know, just coming up and letting me know and appreciate you and you know. No, no big deal. Right. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think the, like, so that's like more, more so than not, it's just preference things that people might have opinions about, which is all good and well. I think one of the things our church does well is we do really try to point to Jesus. Like we really do try not to elevate any one person. So like, there's not so much weight on my shoulders to be like the, the end all be all for people. Mm-hmm. Um, I really try to share my weaknesses with people just to like set that stage of like, like, Hey, you know, um, don't, don't look to me as your hero. Like, don't look mm-hmm, to me mm-hmm. as the one, you know, I try to be a good example. I try to follow Jesus and I try to be like Jesus. Definitely. But like, at the end of the day, I want you to know about my addiction history. At the end of the day, I want you to know about like my failures and how I'm growing and how I'm still broken and I still need forgiveness. I still need redemption in my life. You know, like, mm-hmm. like that's something that's an ongoing thing. And so as much as we can point to Jesus and not ourselves, it becomes way easier versus if, if this is a really good show and production that we're trying to put on, 
uh, we better get it right because if we don't if we don't get a good production or, or, or show going, what if people don't come back? And there's all this weird, you know, just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, um, but that being said, we do have like a leadership team and, and everybody in our church has somebody who can tell them no. That's a that's what mm. I've learned has been really, really healthy. And any church needs to do that. Like any mm-hmm. church needs to have like somebody has to be able to tell anybody like at any point, like you got to be able to like someone has to tell you that you're doing something that's sideways. Like you have to have that. And so even our lead pastor, who is like the guy who, who's my boss, um, there's like a, there's like a, a, a board of uh, like an elder board or a board of directors that like, like he, he's accountable to, you know? Right. And so it's like this, it's this collective, like, Hey, what, what does our church, like, where does our church stand on any of these issues? Like, thankfully we do have a, a, a committee of people who oversee some things like that. And like, they, they can speak into it and it's not just all on whatever one person thinks, you know, mm. um, I think that's really helpful. Got it. Cool. Um, okay. So in the interest of time, I'd love to move to lightning round. Um, so quick questions, quick answers. Uh, Jen, did you have one ready or should I? Yes. Go for it. What is, do you work uh, a five day work week, seven day work week? What's your work week like? Five days. I work Sunday through Thursday. Sunday through Thursday. Okay. Nice. All right. My question is, um, what's your career goal? Hmm. Um, my career goal, uh, good question, um, is, is honestly to multiply leaders who multiply leaders. That's my goal. Um, mm-hmm. that's my goal, at least this year. That's my big thing this year is to be a hero oh, maker, nice. not just a hero, like not the hero. And so, um, like multiplication of all that we're doing, all those ministries that I talked about, like if we can help those multiply, not just replace themselves with someone else taking over, but like multiply, like leaders coming up and like being able to step in and use their gifts and lead any ministry and then starting new ones. I feel like that's just a, that's a, that's a goal of mine for sure. Cool. Jen. Do you have an office? I do. I do have an office. Uh, is it like an open floor plan thing? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I imagine you actually have like an office office. <laughs> I mean, jo- like, Joyce, what are the snacks came, like? Like, Joyce, you didn't see my office, but you came. Like, what? what I mean, you can say, what's it like? I mean, what, what's that like? I didn't see the office, but the 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 space is like huge. It's like a stage auditorium kind of feel. Hmm. Yeah, like a concert Ooh. hall. It feels like a concert hall. Um, I think those are all my questions then. Okay. Uh, my one last question is, um, what's one thing you wish you could change about your job? Hmm. Hmm. What should I change about my job? Um. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, that was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always have areas that I want to personally grow in my job. I think I think the more I can like Im- yeah, help other people and empower them versus just me doing everything, which is my tendency. Uh, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. I want to change that. Um but um 
more jets more jets <laughs> more private jets. you know <laughs> oh my gosh yeah one is not enough That's... Uh, so, so in, in all honesty like someone took us up their whole entire staff in a private jet one time um somebody who's a part of our church just happens to own his own jet great great and we, we flew around and we we he's like he he flew us all around uh like the bay area and stuff like that and it was so great like i think 11 of us fit on his plane it was wonderful wow. um i'm like facing like face to face with one of my fellow coworkers and then i start getting a little bit nauseous oh and, no and we're 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 going and he keeps like turning and like going real low like here's the apple headquarters it looks like right by that and it's just like everywhere and it got to the point where like, I do not want to throw up on this guy's lap. I'm like right next to like face to face. I'm like, this is going to be so bad. God, please. Like just anything like not that. And I'm, I'm just sitting there like just trying to keep it in, trying to keep it in, trying to keep it in. He's about to land. And then he's like, nope, let's, let's redo my approach one more time. And he goes back around. I'm like, I'm going to die. I'm, this is not going to oh be gosh. well. And <clears throat> we, we land the airplane and literally by the grace of God, like we land the airplane and I gag a little bit at that. Like it came up a little bit, it came into my mouth. Okay. Oh. Um, and then I step out of the plane and I made it. I was like, Lord, Close. thank you. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness. So, anyway. so jets are not a priority. Yeah. Jets aren't my <laughs> That's the only That's reason one thing. why. Yeah. The only reason why I don't have my own private jet. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And you get sick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you, Corey, so much for your time. Um, this has been such a pleasure. Awesome. No, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, Jen, stay on the line and we will be right back. We just wrapped up our conversation with Corey, um, and wow, we could we could dig into so many different aspects of um, of what he does, why he does it, and like our experience with with the church and religion. But um, I'm just really glad we had the Let's time. Let's stick to, cover to the what jets. Let's so talk what? about our favorite jets. Our jets, um. yes, uh huh. Private <laughs> no, jets. I, you know. That's the type of job where on paper, it all sounds really exciting and like it would be very motivating to work in something like that. But I do think that my years in startups have learned away my ability to care more than I need to. You know, you know, I was actually thinking like, like your previous experience in customer success, you know how that piqued like Corey's interest. Mm-hmm. Like, I think there's a lot of overlap there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's about like kind of meeting people where they are. And right. um, I mean, I was also thinking that therapy or a therapist mm. would also kind of like, because I was thinking like, what are other jobs where it's like, you have an impact on someone's life and how they live their life in a really, you know, s- s- uh, substantial way. Right. And 
a lot of things that he talks about providing is, you know, similar to, you know, my experience in therapy. So it just, it felt similar to that, but like, man, it's, it's also similar to where like, I have so many opinions about like companies and stuff, but I don't have, <laughs> uh, like it's too much pressure to think about mm-hmm. being a CEO and being responsible for people in that way. And I, mm-hmm. I, so I think that there's like the motivating people and like organizing people and getting people to live like positive lives. Like that sounds so cool. But like I, there's almost like kind of like a non starter aspect for me of being that responsible for mm. someone's well being, I guess. So what I, about, what about if you went like, if you didn't have the startup experience, I don't know. I think I, it's so hard to extract that because, like, yeah. and then you know, you've also got the pandemic, and it's like oh, you know yeah, where yeah, we're, all of we're at mm-hmm. now is like this very, <laughs> you know, real result of you know, for me at least, like working a startup that was super fast paced during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And then burning out and then not working for a bit and then, mm-hmm. you know, kind of getting back. So it's like, it's hard to imagine. Like I would have had to be, I think in my early twenties to yeah, yeah. have follow, followed that mm-hmm. uh, because we were talking about offline, like uh, my little religious tidbit is I converted to Catholicism when I was 19, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a lunatic. And uh <laughs> Because it it makes no sense to people, but like that at that time, I could see myself maybe having gotten more into it. Um, right, right. So I don't know. What were your thoughts about you mean like about the job itself? Yeah, like you know how we kind of like dish about like could we ever see ourselves doing something like this? Right. I I think like there's a lot of like the day to day that I resonate with, like. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that we didn't get to cover that I was very curious about is like how a lot of the like organizational kind of like group leadership is volunteer based. And at what point does that transition into like employee, right? Um, Because like I feel like that's the kind of stuff that I love doing on my free time anyways. Like I love organizing like like groups and like hangouts and like like I don't know book clubs or things like that um and I can see how my joy for doing that can translate into this and especially because I'm such an extrovert who like loves being around people and like the way Corey talks about like the rewarding aspect of impacting people positively like that's definitely I'm a sucker for that um so like the day-to-day stuff sounds like on paper, very like, oh yeah, like overlap with like my interests, my skills, like there. But I think that like I, I think the the um I think the part that I would <laughs> would struggle with, I'm laughing now because I'm just realizing why. Um uh, the part that I would struggle with is like the intangible aspect, not not like the intangible aspect of religion, but the intangible aspect of like goals and like uh, <laughs> metrics and like things like that and like obviously like that's Make funny lines. because I'm an engineer so I'm like like I think like a computer but <laughs> but I, I feel like maybe that's the only thing that like for me I was like thinking about asking Corey about well like 
how do you measure that impact? Is it like purely anecdotal? And this is where I think it's actually very similar to customer success, right? Yeah. Like when you measure NPS, it's not a perfect calculation. Right. That So you don't think – because you're not – super religious right no i am i'm not really yeah so so my my background is i was not raised religiously and um and actually it was kind of like a pretty like a pretty big deal because um as an immigrant as a korean immigrant the majority of the korean immigrant community here was church-based and so like it's much 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 easier to have that community around you, but um, but it was an active choice to to like not be religious, and so it's not it wasn't just like a man we're not into it kind of thing. It was actually like a, a like a decision. Um, yeah. And so I think that like that influenced me a lot. I'm still fascinated by religion, and especially because I was surrounded by so many like very religious people. Um, like I think. In elementary school, like, I happened to live in an area that was, like, a, a large Mormon population. And huh. um, so I'd, like, hang out with – I'd hang out at the temples. And it's temple, right? Mormon temple. Um, I'd hang yeah. out there. I and like, I'd, Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry. I don't remember. Um, but, like, I, I'd go to all their events. I'd go to all, like, you know, whatever, uh, like, things that they would have. Um and it wasn't until later that, like, I learned more about the religion and, like, all those kinds of things. But um, I think it's fascinating. I think religion is fascinating. And, like, yeah, my personal too. experiences of religion have changed. Like, I don't think it's as um, as simple as I used to think when I was a child. Um, but, I no, I am not religious. And would, I mean, given that, would that be a barrier to entry for you to do? Because uh, honestly, when you started talking about it, I'm like, yeah, all of this, and maybe it's more of like a nonprofit organizing thing, but like all of this is so up your alley. You're so good at organizing and yeah, bringing people together. Yeah, I guess it is the the religious aspect, maybe. But like, I'm thinking like, is there a non-religious kind of version of this that would appeal to me? Right. And there's I, like, more of those that are like around. And it, right, it seems right. like. Like um, you were saying nonprofits, right? I mean, yeah, nonprofits. Like I do have a friend that she's like an organizer for. Um, oh, my gosh. For um, for uh, a research thing. Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I feel so bad. I don't think Michelle listens to this. Um <laughs> <laughs> but um, she's it, it's I think it's um for uh, cystic fibrosis. Okay. But she's like she's worked um and it, it's just like it's a nonprofit and it's just about like you know organizing people to fundraise. Um, mm. probably super simplifying it. I should get her on the show. Yeah, bring them all. Bring them all. Oh. And also, if anyone's listening to this and it's like, hey, I got a job that you guys got to hear about, yeah. uh, please, like, message us on Instagram yep. or um, however you can get in touch with us, even if it's, like, <laughs> creepy. You guess our Leave email a- addresses. 
yeah leave comments at like wherever yeah tag us in your pictures i don't know and also like i'm desperate to get <laughs> the guy on tiktok who he is oh, yes. um a crane he's basically like a crane machine like embodiment he works on long island beach and all he does what he does is he like operates a crane that drops like a thing down and grabs the cargo trucks things and it moves them and i'm i've messaged him and i can't get a response and i want to talk to him so bad because i'm like i would the, the the like the repetition of that task and like the preciseness of like and the satisfaction that you must feel like <laughs> grab and hold us like I was so good at the crane machine when I was a kid ah, I like I wanted I want that so if you know this guy personally like because <laughs> I please, think I'm like please blocked. connect us no please connect I'm not us. blocked but he's like with TikTok you can you can't really send messages if they don't follow you back oh man that makes me think that there's this like like i i swear like i feel like um tiktoks that have like subreddits now but um but there's this (laughs) niche where you see are you let me know if you're served this jen but you see farriers who replace horseshoes on horses yes i see that a lot Mhm mhm and i think i think it's kind of like it, it it's like a cross section of like going to be honest with you like pimple popping oh because there's uh-huh. there's like the satisfaction uh-huh. of like seeing it removed and like it it i think that there's like it tickles or like a chiropractor thing like it oh. tickles the same <laughs> part of the brain but it is also like yeah that's like their job but like yeah yeah. No, I see that a lot. Though I <laughs> I've been um because I have a TikTok account for my author name uh fanfic. for fanfic and uh-huh. um which I'll never tell. <laughs> and um and it's super cringy but like there's a lot of like, you know, you can get a lot of views on your um your writing that way. But because of that, I have the most insane smut book algorithm delivered to me and uh, I have a friend that like we reminisce over um like smutty books and some of the like tiktoks are just the most crazy things that I've ever seen it's like I'm not even gonna say this on the same podcast that we like interviewed a pastor on because I just (laughs) think that that's really inappropriate (laughs) but I like I mean they are unhinged but there's like that like you know you can't judge but it's like it but yeah so i get a very weird assortment of tiktoks on my author one i I'll, i love, Joyce, I'll I love send it. you some of i love I'll it send you some of them. Corey's so gonna hear this later and be like how <laughs> how did yeah they get to that? or he when we send it to him we'll know if he didn't listen to the whole thing <laughs> if he doesn't bring <laughs> bring up the fact that i was advertising smutty book talk. this is the easter egg this is the easter this is egg, egg. <laughs> cory if you hear this it's your responsibility to mention it to us but our words will not be taken from us this will remain in the show no i we can cut it i don't care um no we're no, keeping I, that we're keeping that that's amazing if we when 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 this podcast becomes big 
We're going to have a scavenger mm-hmm. hunt, and that's going to be on the scavenger hunt. I just know. This the scavenger hunt, the game within the game, the game within the podcast is the game. Can you figure out what my pen name is for my fanfic? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. It's, I've told so many people now. I've only had one real life person read it. And that's my what? friend that I share. Yeah. Oh, oh, my, I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Oh, huh, huh, yeah. huh, 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 it's huh. only strangers on the internet that have read my fanfic. And someone from Russia said that they want to transcribe it or. Oh, man. But that like happens a lot. But, and they also haven't responded yet. They sent a comment and then. And they're like, can I, can we, can I translate this? And I was like, yeah, sure. And then they haven't responded. And I'm like, ooh, that'll be too, like, tryhardy of me if I'm like, hey, are you still going to, like, make this Russian? No. Maybe, maybe, almost... maybe they're busy being heads down translating, you know? Maybe, yeah. Anyways, Jen, that was a great conversation. Great episode. Um, until next time, right? Until next time. Bye. 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 Bye